Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That means we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is the Draculas, and they're playing Saturday at Feels So Good. Draculas. Okay, now I, I just got to ask now, if they're the Draculas, does that carry out on stage with the costume and dress not, are not they Dracula's? Really. they're not they do okay. they do dress okay. kind of i don't want to say gothy but it's kind of like new wave goth kind of okay. all right all right they don't go overboard with the Dracula's no no, no. they are not they are not okay. straight dressed as vampires all right there you go all right just want to make sure of that okay uh yeah i just wanted to make sure but i like the name though I like yeah. that. The Dracula's, man. That's cool. Uh, okay, you can always be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line. That's the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, uh, my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, we'll get back to the Cowboys. I promise you. Uh, we've been breaking it down. And Raj Rav the Day also devoted to Cowboys. So don't worry. We got you covered there. Uh, let's hit some of the other uh, big matchups here, gentlemen, over the weekend. Uh, that we have not gotten a chance to break down. Um, uh, what do you think is the hardest? I'll start with you. What do you think is the most intriguing matchup to you? What what matchup do you believe is going to be? Hell, it might be the Cowboys 49ers, aside from that one. Aside the, from that one. The most competitive matchup. Well, to me personally, I believe that the game between um, the Giants and the, okay. and the Philadelphia Eagles, I and the it. reason why I believe that it's going to be so intriguing is because it's a divisional game. I just mm-hmm. talked about it in my Hard Knocks Live. Yep. These guys know each other. They know everything about each other. Although it's new coaching staffs and 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 things like that, but it's a divisional game. Everybody understands what's on the line. And I, I strongly believe that the run defense for um, Philadelphia has not been playing at a very high level mm-hmm. lately. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that Saquon Barkley has been playing. He's been on, yeah, His right. legs are going to play a major, major part of the success or the failures of this this playoff run right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I can't help but start thinking this is going to come down to lines of scrimmage. I know yeah. there's a lot about made about these two quarterbacks, and of course uh, they're going to play uh, big parts um, who's going to end up winning this game. But uh, one thing I, I'll throw out there, just talking about the offensive lines, First of all, Philly's offensive line is the best O-line in the NFL yep. statistically. Yep. They've allowed the fewest sacks in the league. Uh, they've allowed the second lowest pressure rate in the league at 18.9%. Uh, and they're averaging 1.8 yards before contact per rush. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really uh, impressive group. But on the flip side of that, d- nobody's paying attention to how dominant Dexter Lawrence has been. Dexter Lawrence is maybe one of the most dominant interior D linemen in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's got how about this? I'll give you a little number. He's got sixty three total pressures according to Pro Football Focus. Um, he's got twenty nine pressures from the zero technique. From for those who don't know what the zero technique is, right over the center, your head up over the center. He's got twenty nine pressures from the zero technique. Yeah. You're not supposed. You're not supposed to be applying pressure at the zero <laughs> technique. You're just you're just there to you know absorb blockers pretty much. That's tw- that twenty nine pressures is twenty one more than any other player from the zero technique. Mm-hmm. It's a freaky 
outlier thing that no really not a lot of teams have a guy like that who plays that role. So they, I would say, their defensive front and um, with who is it? Uh, is it Leonard Leonard uh, Williams? Well, yeah. Also a really good player. Big, big dog. Big dog. Uh, so that, to me, is going to be a hell of a matchup, man. That defensive front for the uh, for the Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, which is supposed to be the best in the league. But right now, Dexter Lawrence and that group playing like one of the best groups in the league. Yeah. So that's, that's important. And getting back to your point about Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. and the running game on the other side of things, yeah, that's important because if Saquon Barkley gets going, he, by the way, he wasn't even the feature a runner, right. a rusher in their last game versus Minnesota. It was Daniel, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, quarterback. They used Dan, Daniel Jones kind of to break. No, it's like break tendency. He rushed for 700 yards this year, <laughs> so I can't even say break tendency right. there. Uh, but Daniel Jones averaging 7.7 yards per scramble. And that's what and Brian, da- Brian Dable's done a, a brilliant job with uh, Daniel Jones. And, and he did the same thing with Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has regressed just a little bit when it comes to taking care of the football since Dable left. But one thing he's admitted that he does, he has done, and the quarterbacks have talked about it too, he gives them the freedom to scramble. Mm-hmm. He does not try to dissuade them or discourage them from scrambling. And he, and he and the reason I think the quarterbacks respond so well to it, and I've heard him talk about it, and I'll do my best to kind of kind of paraphrase that it it there it gets them back to just being instinctual football players. Right. Because what's the one thing you're not doing when you're just straight up running? You're not thinking. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's the only thinking. thing you're thinking yeah. is, am I going to get out of bounds? Am I going to cut? Get out of bounds. I'm not trying to throw to the ball. Yep. Ain't, ain't, ain't anything say. No, it gets, it gets them back yep. just being the most primitive, instinctual football players. And so, which is really good because sometimes quarterbacks are overthinking. Because that quarterback, that this position is so cerebral that sometimes you get away from almost a little primitive element of, no, no, just go run. Mm-hmm. You talk about it all the time, Arch. Just run. Just run. You got daylight. No, take those six yards yeah. and keep it moving. Let's go. And basically, that's his philosophy. It's almost baked into every game plan and every play. Just scram- Sometimes they build the route concepts on, there's going to be a scrambling window right here. Mm-hmm. They're going to play man. I'm telling you, if, it don't, that, if that safety goes and that, that spy goes, you go. Boom. That's what Josh all Allen day. does. Yeah, when they look at when he looks he at man exactly. to man, he's like, oh well, if they're covered, they turn their backs. I can run. I'm gone. Yeah, and that same guy yep. as Dable, yep. he's telling them, no, no, go. And some coaches they discourage it. Don't stay in the pocket. Remember, yep. I told you Sark's yep. like that. Yep. Sark Sark discourages scrambling. He does not like. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. He just discourages. He doesn't like those guys to stay in the pocket mm-hmm. and work from the pocket. But these new age guys are like, no, no, scramble. It's another weapon. Right. I want as many weapons on the field as possible. I would love you to scramble if nothing's there. Go. Sark wants you to work for the pocket. Remember, this is what held up the development of Hudson Card last year. Because mm-hmm. Hudson Card was always listening to Sark saying, no, 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 stay in the pocket. All right? You you, you, you extend the play, but don't scramble. We scramble to throw, not scramble to run. And Casey, and Casey Thompson was like, please. I'm scrambling. I'm getting the hell out of this I've damn seen body. This. And I'm, I'm running. running. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm running. And then Hudson Carr, this year, what did he do really well? Started running. He started scrambling. Yep. He's getting big chunk yardage plays. Mm-hmm. Why? Because all the film said he's not going to run. He'd get 20, 30 yards sometimes running because yep. nobody thought he was going to run. And sometimes that's the easiest thing for a quarterback to do. Take it back to the basics. No doubt. Yeah, no, uh, Josh McDaniels, that's apparently one of the big reasons they wanted, that he was mad at Derek Carr is he said Derek Carr scrambled too much. That he wanted him to sit in the pocket, yeah, and just complete the plays he drew up, and so he was pissed at him because he wouldn't stay in the pocket, yeah. So and that's there's plenty of coaches that still want to do that, yeah. and, but that's that. There's two different systems very much, and Dable is very much of the, hey man, I trust you, 
Go go prove me right. Prove me right. Yeah. Nope. And I, I actually I prefer the Dable way of doing it, man. Just let those because I'm a defender and I tell you, it is hell. And you got everything covered up, perfect defense, and then this dude just breaks off right. seven, eight yards on you. It's like it's bad breaking. Mm-hmm. It's demoralizing, man. It really is. Um, and I think they just it kind of encourages that anyway. But um, I think that's going to be a big part of the game too for uh, Daniel Jones once again. How do they defend him and his running ability? Because you got to account for it. You better. You have to. I mean, like you said, he ran for over seven hundred yards. If you're not paying attention to that and how he can extend plays and how he can, if he gets into the open field, not get tripped by the turf monster, but if he can get down the field, <laughs> he's going to move the ball, and he seems to be more confident than he ever has. You don't, you don't look on the sideline where they used to pan into him where he always looked confused. He doesn't look like that anymore. He looks like he, got a, he has a better understanding of what is being asked of him, and he's not flinching. I agree with you on that. Can I give you a thing, a little uh, stat about Daniel Jones? Um, that's because I think the running game has got to be crucial because they don't want to throw. You don't want to throw against Philadelphia. They got 70 sacks as a team. They got four players with 10-plus sacks, first time in NFL history, uh, uh, NFL history with 10-plus, with four players with 10-plus sacks. They got 50 sacks with four or fewer rushers. Um, and you go look at it. They have <laughs> – I love this little stat about them. You go look at how they apply pressure on opposing teams. They're one of three teams since 2016 with five players with 35-plus pressures in a season. you got to go back to Tampa Bay in 2019 and Philly in 2017. So it's, it's, their 70 sacks is the third most in history. You don't want to deal with them in predictable right. passing situations. So going back to your point about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones running the rock, that's exactly what they want. Because one thing Daniel Jones doesn't do well is throw the football downfield. You look at completions of 20-plus yards, air yards through the air in 2022, he's got 10 total, 10 total the entire season. Josh Allen had five versus Miami alone. <laughs> right. Right? So it, if he right. got to throw the football downfield, that's not necessarily his strength. So, yeah, control the, the line of scrimmage and control the run. That's, the, that's their best chance to be successful versus – And you keep the Ooh. clock running. Yep. You keep the clock running when you can do that. And that's what I keep saying the entire time. You got to keep some of those high-powered offenses off the field. Mm-hmm. But the other question, flipping it to the Philadelphia Eagles, the biggest question for me is going to be how healthy is Jalen Hurts? Does it take just one hit, him trying to run? Because remember, the last time they played in that very last game, they only ran him one time. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't want any of that. Maybe it was game plan. Maybe it was just because they knew that it wasn't going to be that high of an intensity game, and they just wanted him out there. Well, now he's had all this time to rehab. They said that he was a full go and he's throwing the ball well, but it's all good when you're bringing out a report. It's when you get in there and you get that first hit, you land on it wrong, or or they get they bring home pressure. You were talking about the defensive ends and how they have been getting there. If they can get to the quarterback or they got their zone read, because mm-hmm. if he's just dropping back and trying to throw, he's not that great. He's accurate. He played. He's had a good year, but year. that's not who he no. modeled him. That's not what was making him the MVP for <laughs> sure. But now he's going to have that opportunity to go out there and play. And if they can get to him and hit him wrong or hit him a couple times and that shoulder starts to feel that pain again, 
I don't know how he's going to be able to hold up through that. Yeah, that's no. the that's the X factor to me. It's, you're you're totally right because none of us know. Right, and he's not on their injury report anymore. But that could just be them trying to play mind games. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea. And you're right. If he can he re-injure it? Correct. They they're going to run him. That's yep. their offensive mentality. They're going to. That's what gives them. Really, it's kind of their what separates them from everybody right. is that Jen Hurts is such an elite runner, but he's been a great uh, decision maker this year uh, from the pocket as well. So uh, I I think he's okay. I think he's fine. He got a lot of rest at the end of the season. They were playing Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. and he got the rest till the bye week. So I'm assuming that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be perfectly fine for that game, and I think that's what gives them the edge ultimately. So I'm, I'm picking. J- I'm picking Philadelphia. I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. Um, I thought I thought the way he's handled his career thus far, going from mm-hmm. Alabama to where he is now, and now getting the opportunity, and he would have been the MVP had he got not gotten hurt. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has done great things, but for we expected that from Patrick Mahomes. We yep. did not expect this from Jalen Hurts. I'm just curious to see how he comes out and that ball is zipping out of his hand like it was earlier in the year and he was getting it to Devontae Smith and AJ Brown mm-hmm. and being able to look like that that quarterback. This could be a long day for the Giants, but I'm picking the Giants, actually. Ooh, nice. I like that. I'm picking the Giants, Good actually. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said of this is like the Eagles haven't played a real game Meaningful. like where with Minshew's out and Minshew's in and they're not playing well then they play a game where the Giants sit everybody in that last game of the season it's true so that's not really and then you have a bye week and now you got to come back and play a team that's red hot and you just kind of been coasting for the last five weeks it's hard to get it going again so there will be some worries if they if the Eagles don't get it going in that second quarter like they're known to do and if they're not able to get kick mm-hmm. it into that gear they've been able to kick it into early are they going to be able to do it in the second half I think there's reason to, there's plenty of reason to believe an upset could be here, but at the end, it's still like Philly's just—they're good. <laughs> they're really good. They, I, I think they—you know—they went to the wild card last year, and Jalen didn't have a good game, and the team itself didn't have a good game, and Tom Brady knocked them out. I, I think this year they're ready to at least get one more win under the belt. Yeah, uh, one thing to watch schematically: um, if the Giants' corners are playing off of the receivers of the Philadelphia Eagles because I, I don't know how they're going to handle the receivers of Devontae Smith um, and A.J. Brown. Those guys have been great this year. When they played off coverage on those receivers in the last meeting, last two meetings, uh, Jalen Hurts, 64 passer rating um, with those corners playing off, targeting receivers who were defended by corners in off coverage. When those corners were playing press, uh, that was a 155 passer rating. So that's a yeah. that's a very distinct difference. So watch the the technique that the Giants are deciding to play against those wide receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles, too. That's going to be important. All right, let's go to the Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This is, Ugh. yeah, this is going to be a, a really exciting matchup, man. It's, it could end up being really high scoring, too, even though you do got two really good defenses. Um I am, oh man, the, the only thing keeping me from picking the Bengals is the offensive line issues. They got three starters now reportedly out. And we know last year, hell, Joe Burrow seemed to be Joe Cool, even though he was the most sat quarterback in the NFL uh, at the time and the most sat quarterback to ever reach and play in a Super Bowl. So he can deal with pressure. Uh, that's my only concern. I'm leaning Cincinnati, um, but Burrow, man, he. <laughs> 
he is he's Joe Cool, no question about it. But man, three offensive linemen down. I thought we learned a lesson when Kansas City had so many injuries on their own line when they faced Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl. And I still want to pick Kansas City. Right. And I should have just went with common football knowledge tells you missing three starters on the O line is really hard to come back from for anybody. Yeah. And then maybe they'll get one back. But still missing two is still tough. At this level. Especially coming off that edge with the Buffalo Bills and their defensive line. I mean, I know that they're not the same without Von Miller. That's true. But they're still tough. They get to the quarterback. But, I mean, Skylar Thompson and them had him on the ropes. He did. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I don't think anybody on that Miami Dolphins line is somebody that you would trade. Right, you wouldn't trade for them. There, there's not a name on there. Connor Williams is on that team. Don't forget, right? And nobody, center, no, and nobody yeah. ever talks about their offensive line. And remember, Tua was in concussion protocol for a long time, still in it. And Skylar Thompson was running around and still being able with the he threw he threw the ball 45 times last week. That, yes, that's insane. But I also believe that Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan are going to be able to move uh, on the ground. They didn't do it last week. It was bad last week. Mm-hmm. But this week, I believe that they've, even with the banged up line, I think they're going to, they realize they need to run more screens because uh, they're going to have to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. Yep. I think Lamar, uh, Jamar Chase is ready and poised to have another game to where it's like, okay, we, we're out here, we're showing up. But it is hard to go against Buffalo. I think last week was one of those games where it was like, uh, we got scared enough, we need to refocus and go out here and play. If Josh Allen puts the ball on the ground like he did last week, they are going to be cooked. But he's been doing it all year. But that's that's the deal. But this is is against Joe Burrow. This is against other people. He's got 22 giveaways on the season, 16 picks, 32, and six fumbles. Yeah, he put put three balls on the ground, lost one of them, and threw two interceptions in that game. So, like, he he even got off lucky that they got back two of those fumbles. Exactly. This is – it seems like at some point that has to bite him. And you're like, if it isn't this week, it's next week. At some point, you just can't keep turning the ball over mm-hmm. at that clip and just be like, oh, we're good enough to come back. But that's the point is you did it against Skylar Thompson, and they almost came back and beat you, and they almost, almost got you. Is This is – I know, and I'm, I'm with you, Rod. I mean, how long – Joe Burr is going to have half a second to throw the ball. It's gonna be, they're going to be coming. <clears throat> they'll yeah. be blitzing. I guarantee they'll, they'll be blitzing them because Burrow, he was barely blitzed. Um, in that last game they played versus Baltimore, they didn't really blitz them very much. Um, I think in this game the Bills are going to try to blitz them to get after them because of the injuries on yeah. the line. But I'm still going with I'm still going with Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. That's, hey, I'm, I'm not mad at you. I'm not I'm mad at Bengals, you, man. Because I'm a Joe Burrow. I'm a I'm a Joe Burrow fan, and I I hope that they can go out there and play well. Also, I think their DC is underrated. Lou Anarumo, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's underrated. He's a game planner, bro. Yeah, he's great at game. Remember what he made Patrick Mahomes look exactly. like exactly in the playoffs. Yes, I'm hoping he can do that with Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's recklessness and his self-destructive mm-hmm. nature too much for me. I yeah. can't I can't bet on that in big games, man. No, and I'm with you on that. I wanna I wanna pick the Bills because I thought at the beginning of the year they yep. were going to be the team to beat. Yep. But you just like 
the thing with Josh Allen two, three years ago when I was like, oh, they're not going to win the playoffs because Josh Allen turns the ball over too much. Like, he just makes those dumb plays at the end. That was two, three years ago before Dayball got him f- fixed of mm-hmm. doing those kind of dumb things, and now he's reverted back to that. But that was the same reason why I thought that teams could beat them three years ago was because he put the ball on the ground too much, and he threw too many interceptions. And I- I'm going to say it again. He does it too much, and I'll take the Bengals this week, and if, if they win, I'm going to take the Chiefs next week too. <laughs> I, I'm I, I because I I just it, yeah. like you just cannot keep doing that. Can't do it. Can't yeah. keep surviving like that. There's Can't no win way. with them. Yeah. Can't <laughs> win with them. Can't do it. The football gods are not going <laughs> to forgive you if you keep doing that. I totally agree. Um, okay, uh, let's let's get to a Rod's round the day on the other side. We'll come back uh, and then we'll cover the rest of the games. We'll talk Cowboys, 49ers on the other side. Uh, we'll also get to that Jacksonville, Kansas City game. I promise you before we get out of here, and we'll break that down. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, Going to continue our discussion about the divisional round previews, but of course, getting to the Cowboys and the 49ers. So I've watched uh, three different games that I think are extremely relevant and important to building a game plan against the 49ers on both sides of the ball. Said it yesterday, that Saints game is important to watch against the 49ers, that Raiders game is important to watch for 49ers and Kansas City. Um, the, the Chiefs, their uh, last uh, loss was to the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are kind of the games that this uh, this uh, Rodge ran the day, unless all of the stats and the analysis are based on. Uh, okay, so first, let's talk about the, the offense for the Cowboys and what they can do going up against this really highly uh, highly touted and uh, really just a, uh, a call, them a, call them a death star of a defense because they got all pros at every level. Got all pro safety, got all pro linebacker in uh, Fred Warner, uh, got all pro on the defensive line and defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa. So uh, what? how do you – penetrated how do you uh, find vulnerabilities within this defense and I think the first thing that the Cowboys have to do is make sure that you have balance you can't allow them to make you one-dimensional which is what they want they have the best rush defense in the league and they want to take away your running game they haven't allowed a single 100 yard rusher all season long right be the team that's got the most rushing yards against them were the Falcons, and we'll talk about that. But I think a key, one of the one of the keys to the running game against them, even though you you're not going to have a dominant rushing performance, you just want to have enough of a running game where you can provide some balance to the game plan. You got to unleash Tony Pollard. You've been saving Tony Pollard, and God bless you for saving him. I, I, everybody's really happy about yeah, it and the way are. it's worked out. It's been it's been great. He's only played fifty percent of the snaps this season. Um, he had. 16 rushes and nine receptions in the last three games, 25 total touches over the last month of the season, but he's your most explosive weapon. And he has 31 explosive runs, six most in the NFL, uh, nine forced missed tackles last game versus Tampa Bay. That was a career high, so he's starting to get in his groove. 5.2 yards per carry, a second in the NFL, and his, his uh, 15, uh, 19 15-plus yard runs is third best in the NFL. And he was drafted, ironically, to be your web back, which is a, by definition, a hybrid 
wide receiver slash running back. I don't know if it ever really worked out for the Cowboys, but that was the intention and how sweet it would be to give the 49ers a taste of their own medicine with your own hybrid back, (laughs) with your own uh, positionless football player. And 49ers, uh, by the way, one of their previous weapons, uh, Jarek McKinnon, who is with the Kansas City Chiefs right now, he found a lot of success going up against the way they were running the football and just the ideas they had for running the football up against the 49ers when they played them. Now, Andy Reid did a little bit differently. He almost used Jarek McKinnon and uh, McCole Horneman as these quasi, uh, I'll say web backs, um, as essentially he used them as these hybrid quasi wing backs. McCole Horneman scored twice in a game off of handoffs. Yeah, they could use Tony Pollard in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarek McKinnon had two rushes for 12 yards, so they just gave him a little bit. But all of their running backs averaged over five yards per carry in that game. Um, Clyde edwards helaire 5.3. Jarek McKinnon, six yards per carry. Pacheco, 5.4. Um, hell, McCole Hardman had two handoffs for 28 yards, 14 yards per carry. But they got that two touchdowns. My point, they, it was a lot of diversity in the running game. Tons of diversity in the running game. And Tony Pollard is the key to that diversity for the Cowboys, in my opinion. So I think it starts there. He's the most explosive weapon on offense. This is the game where he should he should have a career high in touches and rushes. Mm. Right? I, I, I'm there. This is this, I mean, he's a free agent, actually, too. You need to use him up as much as you possibly can. He's a free agent, too. So, yeah, what are you waiting yep. for? Use that dude up. And like I said, his skill set is one that the Kansas City Chiefs, they used players who had a similar skill set to a Tony Pollard, and they used them extremely effective, effectively versus that 49er defense. Another thing that I found with the running game, let's stick with the running game, and I'm glad Dak did it versus Tampa Bay. you got to run Dak. Design runs Come on. and encourage Dak to scramble. And, Hard, you've been talking about quarterbacks, a former quarterback yourself. Hey, man, scramble, take that easy yardage. Dak did it last week. He's got to do more of it. The one team that rushed for over 150 yards versus the 49ers were the Atlanta Falcons. You know who the quarterback was then? Mariota. Had 50 yards rushing on six rushes. It ain't, it ain't a lot, but it's enough. Mm. It's enough to keep them honest defensively, to force them to go, uh, we can't leave him unaccounted for. we we, we got to put somebody on this quarterback because he's, he's rushing for first down, so he's picking up easy yardage. And uh, Jared Stidham did a little bit too in Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, forced a, a 49ers to overtime. He had 37 rushing yards uh, on seven rushes, but it was a lot of key scrambles in that game. Uh, where he was able to keep drives alive. So your quarterback has got to be a part of your running game. I think the Atlanta Falcons rushed for 168 yards, only 4.2 yards per carry. You're, you're, you're not going to get a big number yards per carry rise. You're just trying to keep balance with the offense, and you're going to need Dak, Tony Pollard, and Zeke to do it, and you might need Turpin in there too just to provide variety and creativity in the running game. Yeah, don't be afraid to scare somebody with Turpin in there. Make make mm-hmm. it something that – what do you always say, Rod? Break tendency. Do it. Break tendency. He's not in the backfield. He's yep. never in the backfield. Great point, man. Break tendency. That's why when you saw Connor McGovern line up at fullback this past week, that is not something that we're used to seeing. 
Yep. And you got to do that in the playoffs. Right. Because um, every, everybody knows your tendencies, your, your strengths, your weaknesses so well. Uh, you got to give them something essentially they haven't seen that they couldn't have prepared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about that yesterday in Rod's round of the day. Another thing the Cowboys have to do in this game, and I, I know uh, based on we talked about this hard conversations that we've had, Dak's not that comfortable necessarily doing this, but you got to have the deep ball. Chicks dig the long ball, and you're going to need the deep ball to beat the 49ers. In Kansas City, they got the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on passes 15 yards or more, Mahomes was 6 of 6 versus the 49ers. 6 of 6, he had passes of, completions of uh, 18 yards, 18 yards, 45 yards, 57 yards, 40 yards, 19 yards. Hell, Valdez Scantling went off. He had a 57-yard reception, a 40-yard, a 19-yarder. You, if you're not hitting some chunky yardage plays down the field against this 49er defense, you will not beat them. And he's not you that have dude. To do it. You got, they, you got not scheme. that dude, though. Yeah, exactly. You know what My I'm point saying? is yeah. they schemed it open. Yep. You got to scheme open some deep shots, against, and you got to take them. And you got to take a lot of them on first down. As a matter of fact, when uh, the Las Vegas Raiders played the 49ers and damn near beat them, played in the overtime, uh, they had a lot of deep shots. They, had, they were 6 of 10 throwing passes of 20 yards or more down the field and actually had a pass interference call too. Two touchdowns, one interception on 20-plus yard plays down the field. They had eight explosive pass plays total, and six of those came on first down. So you got to throw it early because they're going to be thinking run early. So you got to keep them off balance by being able to mix up your play calls um, and they have a lot of variety in your play calls. But early downs, that's the down early to take your shots, but also the down. And Harjo loved this because Harjo's been preaching it for a long time. That's, for, that's when you need play action. All right, and, and and your play action pass it can be early, and it can be when the running game's not working. Statistically, analytically, it's been proven you don't need the running game to work for play action to work. Play action is like cleavage; you don't need a peak. And then once you get a peak, and they're distracted, and their eyes are off somewhere else, that's all you need. It's gonna take them forever to be able to get themselves back into the actual play, or back to their coverage zone, or back to the second level. All all you're looking for is a little peak. Like I said, it's like cleavage. You look for a peak, don't stare. I'm Just like, peek. Huh? You stare, you stare at that cleavage too <laughs> yeah. long, it's bad. And I was like, stare at the sun, don't do it. Peek. <laughs> peek. That's all you got to do. That's what play action pass is about, trying to give them the peak. You got to get that those linebackers for the 49ers, you got to give them the peak. And four of the eight explosive pass plays for the Las Vegas Raiders in that game were, were play action passes. All right, so you yep. got to throw in a ton of play action passes. Probably that, that should be your highest rate of the season as well. Pre-snap motion is big. Six of his eight, uh, Jerry Stidham's uh, explosive pass plays in that game utilized pre-snap motion on those plays too. So that's just stuff that I found watching that that Las Vegas Raiders game, Patrick's Raiders, of course. Um, <laughs> and also speaking of Dak, Dak throws a lot of picks, but he he hasn't he hasn't gone back-to-back games without throwing a pick. And he didn't throw a pick last game. You open, he's playing his best uh, football of the season. You do need big Dak energy in this game to win it. If you don't get big Dak energy, even medium Dak energy ain't going to work. No, you need big Dak energy like you got last week to win this game. Of his 15 interceptions, six of them have come versus pressure. Six of them have come versus pre-snap disguise. You'll see a ton of pre-snap disguise versus the 49ers. They got 20 interceptions as a team and only 20 touchdowns allowed. So just as many touchdowns allowed as they have interceptions. But they haven't faced a quarterback like Dak, in my opinion, this season since facing Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying Dak is as good as Patrick Mahomes, but they haven't faced a quarterback as good as Dak since they faced Patrick Mahomes. That really was. I know they faced Tom Brady, but we all agree. Tom Brady this year, eh, he ain't playing like the GOAT, but he is the GOAT. No disrespect there. All right, so <laughs> let's, jump, let's jump to the other side of the ball and talk about that 
Cowboys defense versus that 49er offense. And let's get into that 21 personnel. They're calling it their lineup of death, and they might be right about it. Uh, the 21 personnel is two backs, one tight ends, and it allows my man Shano to truly weaponize this Frankenstein monster of multiplicity that he has built. It is a truly an amalgamation of the malleable machinery. I've said this before, and it's about the, being a pinnacle of positionless football. How do you defend it? Well, first of all, I'll tell you this. Dan Quinn, former coach, head coach of my man Shano, when he was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons, he knows very well about positionless football. As a matter of fact, he himself wanted to build this, this Cowboys defense around that very principle. When he was with the Atlanta Falcons in 2019, he was the, he was experimenting with Devondre Campbell, playing him an off-ball linebacker, an edge rusher. He was experimenting with hybrids, and then serendipitously, they end up drafting Michael Parsons. I don't think it's serendipitous. I don't think it's coincidence <laughs> at all. I don't believe in coincidence. I watched too much Dateline. They drafted the best positionless uh, football defender in football in 2021. They also brought in J. Run Curse, who him, he himself calls himself a hybrid defender, and now they play a lot of big nickel and big dime, which means three safeties on the field. That is going to be their saving grace in this game because they don't trust their corner opposite Trevon Diggs, and they they shouldn't trust that corner opposite Trevon Diggs, but they put Deron Bland, their nickel out there last game, and for a lot of the game they played big nickel with three safeties, with Hooker, with Donovan Wilson, and with J. Run Curse. That group gives them malleability. It gives them the ability to be malleable so you can adjust. You essentially have a hybrid defense that can adjust to a hybrid scheme like my man Shano throws out with his 21 personnel. By the way, 49ers ran 21 personnel, 17 plays versus the Seattle Seahawks. They averaged over 15 yards per play. Yeah. 15 yards per play? Over 15 yards per Per play versus Seattle when they ran 21 Ugh. personnel, which was Christian McCaffrey in the backfield with Kyle Juszczyk. Receivers are Debo and Ki- Debo and Ayuk, and then Kittle is your tight end. Mm. That's the group. You got to learn. You got to have a scheme, and you better have a personnel grouping ready to defend. I think your best personnel grouping to defend that would be Big Nickel. All right, or hell, maybe even Big Dime. Maybe you like uh, Makuyamo. Makuyamo that much. He was really good in the last game, and you throw throw him out there as well. But Big Nickel, Big Dime, more safeties. The more safeties you have on the field, that's going to allow you to be uh, malleable and allow you to be a hybrid so that you can match up well with all those different pieces they have, which my man Shannon is going to move all around the chessboard. So I said, I've always said I like the matchup for the Cowboys. They match up as well with that offense as any defense out there. Uh, when you look at the Saints, the Saints probably had the most success defending 21 personnel. They allowed only three yards per play when the 49ers went to 21 personnel versus them. Remember, they got a lot of hybrid defenders, too. They got the Honey Badger on that team. They got a really good defensive back play with Marshawn Lattimore and Chris Harris Jr. Demario Davis, their linebacker, is the only linebacker in the NFL that played 100%, 100% of the snaps. What? Yeah, it's a real thing. 100%. That is impossible. Possible, it seems like in a, in the NFL in today's NFL, you got to have a, a exactly every down linebacker. Right, but he matches up really well. That gives the Cowboys hope. They played a lot of man to man in that game, and then they did slow wow. a lot of slow flow to the football. Shano loves misdirection. He loves what they call split flow, which is designed to occupy the eyes and confuse linebackers and second level defenders. So that was slow play. A lot of the plays for the 49ers because they assumed oh, something, if something's going away, something's coming right back to me. There's always built-in confusion and misdirection with his schemes. They also played a ton of man-to-man because man-to-man avoids the confusion of 
of zone coverage and getting discombobulated with rub routes and, and pick routes and things of that nature. So just play man-to-man. Your man takes you to the football. And the the 49ers, I mean, they they depend on misinformation that is planted within the offense to try to confuse defenders. Man-to-man takes away a lot of the chances to have misinformation. I'm I'm covering that guy. Right. I don't give a damn what's going on. I'm not even reading what's going on. I'm reading my guy. That's why you might see a lot of man-to-man from the Cowboys in this game. If you don't see man-to-man, the only zone they're going to really play is probably cover three because you've got to have that extra defender down in the box to help defend the run. So my question is, you you just said cover three, and cover two seems to be the one that always gets a lot a lot of people in the NFL. It's the, the, the Tampa two, the mm-hmm. Tampa cover two. Yeah. Why is it that more teams aren't running that near as much? Uh, they run it. They run it a lot. They they still do run it a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're running a, a great deal of it. But it's just, uh, I mean, it has when you, you basically when you take that many defenders out of the box, mm-hmm. it's, it's this ain't the Big Twelve, right? It ain't Falcon. the Big Twelve. We're gonna, run, right. a, we're gonna run a rock on That's them. right. That's you gonna right. you gonna you gonna hit up with a light box with us. You better have an Aaron Donald. You better have a Chris Joe. You better have a War Daddy on that D line yeah. if you are gonna go with a light box no and doubt. have two deep safeties. No and doubt. that's basically you got the the personnel to do it. You can do it, but if you don't, you're gonna be in trouble. Got it. Um, okay, and you asked me this earlier, so I'll, I'll end with this. You asked me the relationship, the familiarity between. My man Shano, Kyle Shanahan, and Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Could there be something, you know, uh, extrapolated from that uh, somehow that could be advantageous to one side or the other? I'll say this. I said it before. Shano, my man Shano, I love him. He's an emotional play caller. He rides an emotional wave, an emotional. He's and he's on the emotional edge yep. as a play caller. There are some play callers who who don't like to call plays from the sideline because they don't like to get emotionally swept up in the game. Shano likes it. He actually thrives off of it. He believes it's one of his biggest assets. You need to use it against him. In that game versus Seattle, after they twisted Debo's ankle in the third quarter, Seattle's up 17-16 in the third quarter. They twist Debo's ankle, and then a melee breaks out. The guys aren't fighting, but a bit of a scrum, and they sideline. Guys come off the sideline, um, and even Shano comes on the sideline onto the field. And uh, Quandre Diggs, lifetime long one, starts giving the symbol <laughs> to throw a flag against Shannon. He's like, this guy shouldn't be out here. And Shannon's like walking through the scrum, talking-ish to all the players, upset, visibly upset. And after that, after that, that scrum, he ran the ball six straight times, power runs, inside interior runs, because he was mad. Mm-hmm. He wanted to, he wanted to play, he wanted to play bully ball because he was upset. That's how he. That's how he calls games. He's gonna call the game. Remember, that's what happened in the twenty-eight to three lead they had. Atlanta had over the Patriots. He was calling the game because he's riding the emotion away. Everybody's like, "Whoa, you need to run the ball, man! I'm I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone, baby." And that can work against him. It also can. Man, he can ride that wave and like a tsunami right over you <laughs> and consume you too. But that's something you can use against him. He'll ride the. So maybe you. Maybe you purposefully. Maybe you know you do that on purpose because you know he his response to your player you know taking a cheap shot at one of his players or you calling him out on the sideline will be oh you you gonna call me out and I'm gonna run this damn ball yeah. down you right go. at you he's he's like that I know so that's something you can use against him you want to ask what you can use against him that's something you can use against him okay. he's an emotional play caller okay. good and bad. That's what I wanted to know because yeah. they they know each other well. They've been around each other. Uh, offensive mind versus a defensive mind. Mm-hmm. Same rooms. How would you attack me in this situation? How would I attack you in that situation? It's going to be a good matchup. And again, 
they went up against each other last year. Yep. So they can kind of pay attention to what they they can go back and revert back mm-hmm. to that film as well. Yep, no doubt. And like I said, Cowboys, they take the ball away better than anybody else in the league, and they pressure the quarterback better than anybody else in the league. If there's any chance to make Brock Purdy look like pump fake Purdy, yeah. this is the team that can do it. No, All right, no. we'll come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn. You said you're done. Done with it all Done with the splendid front porch And the lights falling down in the hall You said you're over it Over it all Over the dreams we've let go Of the bills overdue on the wall Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie Right here on 1049 The Horn 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie and I'm, all, I mean, I'm always surprised that these very talented human beings uh, haven't blown up and become household names everywhere. Uh, but 512 Fridays, we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Yard Sale, and they are having a party Saturday at the ballroom. I would say that. Yard make it, Sale. Make it, I, do, I, I do like the name. Uh, yeah. Making it big in music, I've said this before, it's got to be the toughest thing. It's got to be the toughest industry to try to make it big in. It, it's really hard, but then this is the other great part about Austin and why you promote the local music scene. Is you can say it and you're like, man, there's like four times. You're like, they're all playing this weekend. That's why. Like, yeah, that's you amazing. can't go see all of these bands. Yeah. Like that's how many bands are that are good in this town that are playing each weekend. Yeah, there's always something good to go check out. Yeah, and go see them before they make it big. But I'm always shocked that these uh, these talented folks that they don't you know get make it big. Like they are really talented. You right. can be it just shows you can be really talented in music. I mean, extremely talented. Yeah. And not get a sniff. Oh yeah, like it's just one of those one of those industries. Yeah. They really like and not get a sniff. Usually, talent will take you pretty far. I was saying in music, not necessarily. No, <laughs> well, no, because you gotta have <laughs> not, not, not so much. You gotta, yeah, most, I mean, like, yeah, not so much. You got talent. You gotta know how. You got, but you gotta be like a businessman. You gotta do oh, everything yourself. It's tough, man. Like there used to at least be like record labels that would come and try and find people, but that's kind of dead now. Yeah, now you gotta go on TikTok and get yourself. Well, so you gotta get seen, <laughs> yeah. and then you make it all. And then someone comes in and go, "Well, you want to make it?" And you go, "Yeah." They go, "Give us half." And you're like, "What half?" Yeah. And they're like, "All right, three quarters." You give us half, three quarters. <laughs> three quarters. No, you're right. You got to be a great self promoter. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, I mean, it's just a tough. I just being in this town, you end up you know meeting so many of these talented folks, and you go, man, and they end up giving up on it, or they're playing for thirty years, and you go, man, this guy's so talented. I just don't know why more of the world doesn't know yeah. about this person's talent. Anyway, uh, getting back to these talented people, uh, Snoop Dogg made it big. Pete Davidson also made it big, but I'm not sure how talented Pete David is, Davidson is. Do you think Pete Davidson is funny? Yeah, no, he's talented. I mean, I think there's. Just levels of talent? Well, no, no. So, <laughs> there is, he's, 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 I knew he's where not, you going He's with. not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, yeah, that's a But guy, you got to remember, saying. he is a young man. So, he aims at, for an audience that we're like, we're on the very edge of most of it, most of his jokes because we're like, man, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, if, like, you hand me out with the funniest 21 year old, I'm going to be like, yeah, he's not that funny. Because have any, we have no similar life experiences. We have nothing in common. It could be true. So a dude who yeah. who just grew up so extremely different than most of us that when he was like twenty five in his early twenties, they're like, "Hey, do you want to be on SNL?" Yeah, I, but I don't get that either. 
I don't get yeah. how he ended up on this. And like, so like, I just, I, I don't, there's a very Kim Kardashian-esque sort of oh, feel to Pete Davidson. It's ironic <laughs> that you said that. that. You know, I know, so I'm saying like that, and I, I, you know, I'm mean, like, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get the obsession really, but I, I don't get the obsession. Form, I think he's funny because I've, I've seen stuff he's uh, done that I think is funny. But I agree. I would not be obsessed with anything. Yeah, but the NFL thinks he's funny because yeah. he and Snoop Dogg are going to be the captains for the Pro Bowl. For the I, NFC and AFC team. I don't, I don't think they think it's funny. I think one of their daughters thinks he's funny. And they're like, we need someone young to, we need people that young people are for. Snoop Dogg? Well, but people like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and I think Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg got gray braids. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. No, I'm not joking. No, they are. I'm looking at I, the picture. They're gray braids at this point. And the hairline is receding to Ted. I remember when I played with Jerry Rice with the Denver Broncos. And oh, I, God bless Jerry Rice. He would not let it go. And that, that hairline was at the middle of the head. And, and the braids started right, right say, there. Didn't he have the fake braids? Because there was yeah. no way his hair was that long at that point in his life. No. Because Afterwards, no. That was definitely some weave or something yeah, in there. Because when I was there with him, it was just a sad, <laughs> sad state of affairs. Man. He was still getting open, though. Yo, what did he was beating right be on the sixth round at like 40? <laughs> no, the one, hey, you want to see a sad one now? Go see Derek White. He played for the, the Celtics. Oh. And he wears that headband real Trust high, me, like dog. high, high. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, but he's got that, he's got long hair, but it's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, when there's no headband. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Something's going on there. Uh, but yeah, those guys are going to be the captains for the, uh, the, the Pro Bowl. And yeah, I, you know what? I agree that they, they want to reach a younger demographic. I said this when they announced all the games, right? They're playing dodgeball and yeah. kick tac toe and all that stuff. Th- this is candy cigarettes. They they are trying to get to a younger group and a younger demo. The, all the kids are gonna watch the their favorite NFL players play all the same games they play on their field day, so they're gonna love it. And then Patrick's right; they're trying to get another little age group here with the Pete Davidson thing. Yeah. Which I, yeah, you're right; that's a different demo for me. And and yeah. lady and ladies love them. God bless the ladies love the this man. ladies. So it don't matter what the hell I him. think about this dude. The ladies yeah. love them some Pete. Oh, Davidson. you know what's gonna be really fun is just go on Twitter. And see what everyone who's got sunglasses in their profile pick, those dudes who take them in the car with some sunglasses uh, on, yeah. all them just so mad. And you're like, just change the oh, channel. You're yeah. right. That guy, those turn people the do, sa- yeah. Turn the sound off, put on some music. You don't got it. You don't got to listen to the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a lot happening. It's going to be, yeah, you're right. For a sun, he's going to turn off some people because some people just don't like Pete Davidson. I, I don't dislike Pete Davidson, I just don't necessarily. Think he's oh no! I I think he's going to say enough dumb things that I'll be like, why? Like, dude, just turn his mic down a little bit. Like, <laughs> I think that's going to happen because this is how Pete yeah. Davidson is. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, get why they picked him, but I, yeah. exa- I know why they picked him because I'm in, I'm intrigued now. So I'm like, what is he going to say? What's Pete Davidson going to say? What yeah. is he going to do? So uh, there you go. Those are the Pro Bowl captains. All right, we come back. We haven't made our official picks. Picks. We've been previewing all the games, so we'll preview the last game, which is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Kansas City. Uh, we'll preview that one and give our official picks for the weekend. We'll preview the Texas basketball matchup versus West Virginia just a little bit. Go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit, and then we'll be done for the day. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn.